G'day everyone, welcome to the Mongrel Pun Podcast, this is our second one in a row, it's a new record for us. Before we begin I just want to thank a couple of listeners who passed on some constructive feedback to us I suppose you could call it. Matt Greyburn and Matt Leary, um, really appreciate your input and we take your suggestions seriously and we'll probably try to implement them even, maybe. <laughs> uh, we're going to be looking at Harley Bennell's calf recurrence and what that means to him going into 2020, if it means the end for his career. We'll be talking about the State of Origin bushfire game coming up on the 28th of February. And then we're going to launch into the top 10 players that both Mrs. Mungrel and I are looking forward to watching this season. I can't really speak for Mrs. Mungrel's selections. She hasn't told me what they are or why she selected them. But I'm sure it will be entertaining nonetheless. Do you have anything to add? Oh, look, I don't really know much about football, do I? <laughs> As will become evident. <laughs> if it's not right. So Hartley Bennell has not played a game since the end of 2015. He's had calf injury after calf injury. He hasn't been able to stay even on the training track. He spent three years, I think two years at, at Fremantle, and uh, just has been a, a wasted list spot over there. Melbourne have thrown him a lifeline and said, come over and have a run with us. We had his former teammate Maverick Weller come out and say, if he gets fit, he'll be winning their best and fairest by a country mile, I think he said. I'm not sure how far a country mile is, but he's starting from a long way back now. He's hurt his calf muscle in a training run. They're saying that it's not a serious injury, but any injury to his calves at the moment has to be considered pretty serious. And looking at where he's come from and the injury status he's had, I can't see him getting on the park this year, and I can't see him having a hell of a lot of influence once he does just go back to the guy that or his teammate who was talking about him. Mav Weller. You said Maverick Weller. His name's Maverick Weller. That's spectacular. He sounds like a cross between a guy who was a character in Top Gun and a guy who could almost play football. He sounds like a Disney villain. <laughs> what movie would you would you chuck him in? <laughs> could be Maleficent's Paramore. Ooh, I thought you were going to say he's backwards, her backward son. <laughs> So poor old Harley, he's, uh, he's obviously struggling. He won't be feeling the best at the moment. I mean, once you know, take it from me, I've got calf injuries aplenty. I tore one on New Year's Day, chasing you chasing around. Chasing me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would have caught you too. Yeah. It was at the football Keep telling oval. telling yourself that. It was at the football oval, people. What we do in the privacy of our own home will remain private <laughs> to a point. And then while I was overcompensating for that calf injury, I strained the other one. So I've been... Walking relatively normal because I've been limping on both sides. What do you call it? The old man's injury? Look, I'm, I'm only as young as the woman I feel. <laughs> <laughs> About 35 for those listening at home. <laughs> so good luck to Harley. I hope he's, he's able to get back on track and I hope he actually gets on the park this year. But from where I'm sitting, as someone who has calf injuries, it's going to be hard yards for him and it has been already. So really sorry about that, Harley. Ran in your parade. The state of origin concept has been, I suppose, brought back to life. Someone's breathed some air into its, into its lungs. It's great to see the AFL getting behind a cause like the bushfires. They've donated a, a heap of money. I think it was $2.5 million they were shelling out. I'm not really sure how the clubs would feel about it. They are, they're going to be having some of their stars play in this game, which doesn't really benefit them at all. And injuries happen. So I remember going back, oh, I think it was 1989, showing my age here. There was a guy who played for Hawthorne named Tony Hall, 
and he was, he was having a pretty good season, showed a lot of talent, was tackled by his Hawthorne teammate in a State of Origin game and just absolutely wrecked his knee, wrecked his season and probably set him on a different career path. So he was dragged down on a tackle and it just ended his season. It almost I think it ended his next season as well. It took him forever to get back. I'm wondering whether there's going to be a bit of a pact between players that it's a different sort of game, that there isn't hard tackling, that there isn't any real physical pressure. And I'm not even sure that's the sort of game you want to see. I don't really understand why this kind of game would be allowed. I mean, wouldn't it be better to have a percentage of the income that the games make consistently donated to the bushfire appeals? Well, no, I was, maybe I was... a percentage of Gill's wage. Oh, come on. They don't want to give that much. Eddie could maybe chip in a little I'm bit. I'm sure he already has. This hefty net worth. I actually had an idea <laughs> about, about this, which would result in no injuries to players, but probably a heap of injuries to fans. If you could have some sort of fan fest kind of idea, you pay $20 to get into Marvel Stadium. There's autograph signings and pictures you could have with the players. Everything you do, there's $5 a pop. So the players donate their time, which they are anyway. That's a great idea. I didn't tell you about this before we started. No, you didn't. That's actually know. a really good idea. I'm full of surprises today. That'd be nice. So you could have you know, X amount of representatives from each team. You could pack the place out. Yeah, I'd go to something like that, have the mongrel punt top on, get a couple of photos, pretend, <laughs> pretend the players actually knew who we were. Pop that it sort five of stuff. bucks yeah. if you meet anyone. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, no, I mean, I would pay. I wouldn't charge people. <laughs> I Jeez. I could imagine you walking around trying. Yeah, so all, all the proceeds for that could go to the bushfire victims. They'd make a shitload. As long as they didn't get the Red Cross to handle it, they'd probably <gasps> hand over a Ouch. fair bit of money. What was the figures they were throwing around? Oh, $11 million in overheads. The Red Cross know, is, crazy. is taking from the $94 million they'd raised. That mm. was absolutely incredible. Anyway, you've got to pay those middle management types and CEOs good wages, I suppose, to keep them on the books. You know what? That's a little too close for home. To home. Well, because you work for the state government. <laughs> <laughs> I work for local councils. I'll look after your bins, guys. Just make sure you get... Was it roads, rates and rubbish? What's roads, rates and rubbish? Local councils. That's what we do. Oh. I don't do any of that, by the way. I'm Nothing. state. I don't know what you do. No, no. You're a bit highfalutin for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how this game's going to pan out. A, a quick straw poll of the, the writers that write for the mongrel kind of saw a bit of a probably about a 50% interest in it. The others really couldn't give a toss, and these are people who have been starved for football for quite a while. Um, I'm not really sure where they're, what sort of game we're going to see. Um, I just hope it's full of highlights and people get their money's worth and the money goes to a great place. So we might uh, launch into the top 10 players for each of us at the moment we're looking forward to. Uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to? Oh, look, I'll go first. I'm a little bit worried, actually, because this is just... I've got a lot of nonsense. So there's no criteria for this. We didn't give each other any criteria. It's just players that we were looking forward to in two months' time. Okay, well, look, I'm going to start off with Taylor Adams. Taylor Adams, whose name is? Arms McKenzie. And I only know that he's Taylor Adams because I kept asking you who Arms McKenzie was. And do you want to explain why his name's Arms McKenzie? He's got crazy buff arms like in that Rick and Morty episode where Morty just gets that gigantic steroided sentient arm what are you trying to say 
Do you think he's taken steroids? Look, look. I'm not against performance-enhancing drugs, okay? No, you are. You actually said you might take them one day. Exactly. Look, I might. (laughs) (laughs) So Taylor Adams was one of two Collingwood players to average over five tackles last year. I think it was him and bloke who didn't play the whole season named Rupert Wills. I'm surprised you didn't pick him as a someone you liked. Rupert. Rupert. Nice Rupert's name. a lovely name. It'd be interesting to see how he goes in twenty twenty. I reckon he's a better player without Dane Beams in the team. Dane Beams obviously came down from Brisbane last year and his time in the midfield would have impacted Taylor Adams had there not been a heap of injuries. Uh, we'll see how he goes without Beams in the mix this year because I'm not sure he's going to get back. He's taken an extended break for mental health reasons. Hmm. So good luck to Dane Beams. But better luck to Taylor Adams if he doesn't come back. Go Alves McKenzie. Uh, but will come as no surprise to anybody who reads our columns, but I've picked Darcy Fogarty from Adelaide as my first pick in terms of who I'm looking forward to. He finally got his chance last season and played four games. Woohoo! Four games. Very small sample size for Darcy Fogarty, but he kicked goals. He looked like a bull. He was running into people. And that's what I like about him. He doesn't take a backward step. Why do you only play four games? Yeah, good question. Um, there was a bit of a bit of a question mark over his fitness, his willing to, willingness to, to chase. And that was kind of, I suppose, proven. He doesn't really lay tackles. He, in his four games that he played, he laid two tackles. And they got a young bloke that plays small forward up there with him called Lockie Murphy. And he's going to have to work overtime to... I suppose, make up for Fogarty's lack of defensive pressure. But if you can knock two or three people over in the meantime, I'm pretty happy with that. He's a broody-looking kind of fellow. Oh, yeah, I mm. like it. If you can run into a few people, I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> You're okay. next. So I had James Sicily mm. because I don't know what he does at all. Plays well. I know he plays for Hawthorne. I love how upset he makes everybody... People are so up in arms against him and just they either love him or they hate him, but they mostly hate him and you sort of love him. And I sort of love him, but I also sort of hate him. on the Facebook page are extraordinary. Whenever you, you sing his praises, people get really mad. He has the most punchable face in the game. That is a big call. Yeah, uh, look, <laughs> you could line up. You could have like a lineup of the usual suspects all in a row and you can throw Dusty in there or Trent Cotchin, whoever you want. And people would pick James Sicily's face. Or Toby Green. You could throw Toby Green Green in there. They'd probably split the vote. So all the others would get off scot-free. And Sicily and Toby Green just be bloodied and bruised. Walking out of that room going, why do they keep picking me? you just got a punchable face. You look like... I I actually barrack for Hawthorne and I want to hit you too. Oh, I don't think that's what people hate him. I'd help him up after it. What does he do that's so upsetting? Hmm. He does the sort of things that are unnecessary and actually has cost Hawthorne a game in 2019. Not the only reason, but was a big reason why they lost to the the Bulldogs early in the season. Gave away a free kick after a goal had been kicked, allowing them to kick two goals for nothing, basically. The Bulldogs ran over the top of the Hawks, kicking nine goals in the last quarter. And I was just sitting there swearing and getting upset. You know, I would have punched him that day. <laughs> Definitely. I'm picking Isaac Rankine from Gold Coast. He was really, really highly rated coming out of the out of the under-18s competition. 
missed the whole season last year with a couple of different injuries. I think it was hamstring and a hip. I'm not sure whether that's a blessing or a curse because he's going to hit the ground running this year. He's going to have two other really, really good kids running around with him. I think he'll win the Rising Star this year. If I was a betting man, which I'm not, so don't look at me so concerned, I'd probably throw a few dollars on him to win that. I'm not sure what he's paying, but he'd be he'd be right up there. And no, we're not accepting betting sponsorships. Thanks for the offer, guys. <laughs> he looks a lot like he wants to be Zorro. He's like a smiling Zorro. Zorro killed people? Yes. Yeah, good, because that's what I want him to do. <laughs> I want him to, to rip teams apart. <laughs> But he'll be playing up forward, I hope, a fair bit, and we'll see a fair bit of him early on in the season this year. Go for it. Okay. Nick Nat. Okay. When that guy pulled his hair and he just threw him like he was a one kilo bag of flour, not even a sack. Most Essendon players are like a one a kilo tiny bag of flour. Little self raising flour and that was great. I'm still annoyed that he got pinged for being a great tackler. Yeah, that's very silly. The the phrase duty of care is thrown around in AFL circles a little bit too much now. And part of the part of the actual game is being aggressive. So when you kind of have to compromise on how aggressive you are within the rules, laying a tackle between the hips and the shoulders was always deemed legal. Then they said, oh, if you sling people to the ground, then it's going to be a free kick, you'll get reported. I'm not sure that he slung a guy. He just buried a guy, which is, you know, fine by me. And, you know, he got reported. I think I think he, there were two tackles that he, were kinda, he was under question about. But um, So people are upset that he is bigger, bigger and stronger. And stronger. And tackles with intent. I don't know why you would tackle without intent. Yeah, it's a really good point. From someone who doesn't watch football, why would you tackle them unless you wanted to bring them down to the ground? I have absolutely no idea. So who, like, what body made that decision? That was the match review officer who reviews the game and Hayden Christensen. Yeah, yeah, he was in Star Wars, that guy. (laughs) Michael Christian. (laughs) Thank you. That was close. Well, hasn't hasn't he kicked on? (laughs) Now he's gone from playing Darth Vader as a kid... (laughs) Into the match review panel. Look, well done. Still evil. He is, yeah. He hasn't redeemed himself at all. I want to keep a close eye on Mitch McGovern heading into 2020. He had a season last year that he'd like to forget. He, I think he fractured a vertebrae. He fractured a vertebrae. How, yeah, not, not how someone do you else's. Come, own, yeah. How do you come back from that? Well, he came back. He played a lot of games. Look, he had the sort of luck last year. Carlton could be training on a 90-mile beach. There could be one piece of dog shit on the beach. He would fall in it and smear it everywhere. That's the sort of luck he had. He injured his back. He kind of ran around out there. Everywhere the ball wasn't, you would find Mitch McGovern last year. He finally had the pin pulled and he was dropped, I think, for a week or two. Came back, played a bit better, but he just needs to get himself fit and have a good year this year. So I'm really hoping that he is able to do that. Is he unfit or is it a mental thing? He looked to have bingo wings <gasps> last oh year. Oh dear. So there was no... Like him, him and his brother, like Jeremy McGovern, who plays for West Coast, they're not the fittest looking blokes in the league. They're kind of a bit more barrel-chested and, you know, they're not athletes, they're footballers. 
but the amount of work they do in the in the gym these days, he shouldn't be having flabby arms that flap around like your grandma, you know, when she goes in for the hug. <laughs> and that's where McGovern found himself last year, on the end of Granny's hugs. Amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, Caleb Daniels. Daniel. Who Daniel? Only one thank of you. Him. Well, look. <laughs> thank God. Was it Matt who said that we should research better? They're both named Matt. Oh dear. Well, that's that's actually a great thing. So Matt said we should research better, and I'm sorry, Matt. I don't know that I'll ever do that. His name's Caleb's Daniels. HB will definitely do that, but I probably won't ever get there. Watch me go. Caleb Daniel wears a helmet. This is true. For his mum. And also for his brain. But I believe his mum, you know, instigated it and pushed it. Well, that's nice and of And I her. like that. Well, it makes him stand out. He's also only a few centimetres taller than me. So am I. Many centimetres <laughs> taller than you. That's true. I don't see my name on the list. Well, you know. i got a bit of a, a percentage thing. I've got, a, I've got a stat here for you around Caleb Daniel. On June the 6th last year, I wrote an article where I pinched some stats from Champion Data because they're just so great and accurate. Thanks, Champion Data. And in his one-on-one contest, he was being beaten 44.2% of the time. So not breaking even, getting cleanly beaten. So the ball's coming to him and his opponent in the air, and 44% of the time someone was actually marking it against him. That's incredibly high. Other players, some players are down in the single digits. Most players, there's no one else near him. He was just being monstered. There was one point he found himself isolated on Jared Roughhead in the goal square. Now, whether you blame him for that, the defensive setup, or the midfield for giving giving the Bulldogs' opponent such a free run through the middle, I don't know. But that can't happen again this year. In the games he played, he played 17 games. The Bulldogs won seven of them. They still made finals, so their record without him was excellent. Why is he kept on, then? His decision-making with the ball's really good. His kicking is excellent. So they're looking at playing him from half-back, so when he gets the ball, he finds someone further up the field. The problem is when that doesn't work and the ball turns over, he finds himself isolated on someone bigger than him, which basically means anyone else on the ground, because he's the smallest guy in the league. So they're playing him in the back line, and it kind of exposes him. He doesn't expose himself. (laughs) That I know of. But his career's only young. So we'll see how he goes. It's, It's a problem. And I know a few Western Bulldogs supporters sent me messages refuting that, but I know what I saw. Wait, you just said he plays for the Western Bulldogs? Yes. Team Taco? Yes, they're sponsored by Mission Tacos. I love them. Mm-hmm. All right, All he right. might be my favourite player now. Okay, where's the helmet for his mum and his, his plays on a team that's sponsored by Tacos? Great. That's our criteria now for loving people. Here's <laughs> another one that plays for Team Taco. There's a bloke called Aaron Norton who just turned 20. And I think I spoke about him last week. He was one mark from breaking the contested mark record held by your buddy Wayne Carey. And he's got a bit of help this year. They've recruited a a bloke called Josh Bruce, who I think was top 10 in contested marks as well. Two first names, remember? Yeah, we don't like that at all. So last year we found that Norton was competing one against two a lot of the times because every long ball that came in he was going for the mark, but defenders knew it, and they were coming from everywhere. With Josh Bruce on the scene, someone else that can take an overhead mark, it makes the defenders decide. 
it forces them to go to one or the other. And when they do that, the other one can hurt them. So with him in the team, the Bulldogs are automatically a bigger threat going forward. Got nothing to say about that, do you? Go Team Taco! Yeah, <sighs> All right, your turn. Jack Higgins. Jack Higgins? You jump yeah. forward a bit. Go no, for it. No, Jack Higgins. I just love that he stumbles over his words. And I don't know what you mean. And, <laughs> and he's just... He's so young. And yes. I feel like he tries really hard. And that's your criteria. Yeah. As long as they're trying really hard. I think everyone's pulling for Jack Higgins this year. To go into hospital with a brain injury. Yeah, he's one of the characters of the game. Obviously, very, very popular within his team. Very popular outside his team too. Everyone seems to know who he is. They like his interviews. They like when he strings some words together that don't really go together beautiful it's a beautiful thing yeah it is like he speaks his own language but then he brings it all back to english to end it's actually just like seeing someone who's so hopeful and eager and happy that everything just tumbles out at once he's a bit of a puppy isn't he's he? a puppy yeah i can see why you like him i like a bloke called connor rosie who was the star of port adelaide in 2019 in his first season he i think came second to sam walsh in the rising star but there's a, an argument that he'll be a better player going forward. He's shown enough flashes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he does out there. He, he just flashes around and flashes people on the field, and that's why he's made a name for himself. So he may not have won the Rising Star in 2019, but what he did was played in a tougher position where he got defensive attention every week. Sam Walsh, I don't think, has been tagged in his career yet. Connor Rosie every week has a direct opponent whose only job is to stop him. And he still kicked, you know, multiple goals several times, uh, took the game on, looked fantastic doing it, and I reckon he's going to have a better year again this year. In five years' time, you know, people are going to be asking, who would you rather have, Rosie or Walsh? I reckon I'd rather have Rosie, but, you know, once again I'll probably be, be proven wrong. Hmm. He's a young-looking fellow, he's just a pup. Yeah, it was his first year. Yeah. Yeah, he's a baby. He's a baby. Speaking of pups. Um, Joel Selwood. Because he looks like a puppy dog, that's it. I've got nothing else. I believe I his missus... I never know which team he played for. His missus has a thing for dogs because they just got married. <gasps> like last weekend. Congratulations, Joel. How do you think she would go if they owned a dog and she had one piece of food left... And Joel was looking at her with his puppy dog eyes, and the dog was looking at her with her Selwood eyes, and they both wanted that piece of food. What would she do? She'd eat it. Yeah, I'd eat it. <laughs> Screw them both. Like a savage. Then the dogs would look at each other, the dog and the cat. Aww. Yeah, pining, wanting Just some food. Down. Yeah, have a sleep, guys. Look, I think he was Geelong's best player in the finals. He might have one last run in him. So people would know who have read our columns over the past couple of years how much I... Or how highly I, I rate Joel Selwood. Um, he's been a thorn in the side of Hawthorne multiple times. And he's just a, a fantastic leader. You know, I'd love to have him at Hawthorne. We had the chance to pick him with pick six. Went for a bloke named Mitch Thorpe. That was an inspired choice. Selwood went to Geelong and, you know, it's got three premierships as a result. So a little bit annoying. But I'm not sure what Geelong going to do with him this year. I think they might try and manage him a little bit through the season, giving, given he's getting a little bit older. 
but they also have to do that with Ablett, and it might be a little bit too much for him. How old are they? Ablett's, I think, turning 35. He might even be 35 already. Selwood is early 30s as well. Question without notice. Thank you. Ablett's my age. Yeah. Poor bugger. Yeah. Another, one of the blokes I really like is named um, Cam Zerha, playing at North Melbourne. So played his first year last year. Seemed much like Darcy Fogarty. Liked to run into people. Liked to use his body as a bit of a battering ram. A bit of a throwback player. I'm not sure if Glenn Archer's still alive, but perhaps they should drop around to his place and see if he's passed on because Cam Zerha looks like the reincarnation of Glenn Archer. He looks like he uh, he might be the shin boner of the next century. So to be the context for you, because you're looking at me like I'm an idiot, the, the nickname... <laughs> the course, really. <laughs> it's strange that I can still pick that look up. Uh, North Melbourne's other nickname is the shin boners, and they had an award... Yeah, X Men of years ago for Shin Boner of the Century, and a guy called Glenn Archer won it. It basically is. Em- what is a Shin Boner? It embodies their spirit. It's the the guy who is courageous, who doesn't take a backward step, who's a leader, all that sort of stuff. But the way this this young kid plays, he brings aggression, and he would put his head over the ball when it's his turn to go as well. There's no there's no sidestep, and there's no problems about someone running into him, and. I reckon every team needs someone like that. He's going to be a star. All right. Shannon Hearn. Now, he got knocked back twice for, I don't know, AFL Australian of the Year. <laughs> Whatever it was. I'm not sure. Yep. And once, I remember this. I think once... he was beaten out by Shannon Knoll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Once, it was for Buddy. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Franklin was named captain in 2018. And Buddy, on that at that point in time, said, when asked like what he what the team should do or what you know how they should engage, he said they should kick it to me. Is that correct? That's correct. What on earth? Why would you give the captaincy to Buddy over Shannon Hearn? Well, Shannon Hearn, I don't think even got the vice captaincy that year. He was left out of that altogether, and so Dangerfield got... was given the vice-captaincy. Okay. Buddy Buddy wasn't even in his own team's leadership group. So I think it was more a... We know the public love you, so oh, here. Segments of, I think he's loved segments of the public, Buddy. <laughs> but I'm not sure how much the public loves him. I think everyone likes Buddy, but at that point, there was only one AFL captain named in that team, and that was Hearn. And he was snubbed in terms of the captaincy of that All-Australian team. Or AFL Person of the Year, was that the word? Australian of the the Year. Australian of the Year. We didn't win that either, which was a travesty. So he's just had a terrible time then. It hasn't been great for him. Mm. He was a premiership captain that year, though, so I've kind of made up for it a little bit. I'm sure he'll get over it. I don't know. He seems like a very quiet, sort of reserved fellow. And I don't like that appears that the AFL goes for a bit of bit of glam bit of name bit recognition of, yeah he sweats a lot who Shannon Hearn he oh. did a an interview in okay. the preseason last year <laughs> it looked like he'd just come out of a pool oh. so he was standing there in AFL 360 and it was just dripping off him you could tell yeah you know, he was under the lights he was under pressure oh dear and uh yeah he was just a little bit soaked the old fella 
I'm hoping he, he gets a bit of rest this year. He was great through the first 10 or 12 games last year and tapered off late and kind of limped into the finals a little bit. Those tree trunk legs of his looked like they were showing signs of wear. So if West Coast are serious about contending, you'd give him a couple of weeks off during the season, if they can afford it. You know, against your Gold Coasts and probably even against Fremantle, actually, the way they've been travelling. And just let him freshen up for the finals. You don't want him struggling to get up for games late in the season. I've named Dougal, my old buddy Dougal Howard, as a player to watch this year. He's jumped ship from Port Adelaide over to St Kilda. And a lot of the experts, David King in particular, has been talking about how great Tim Kelly's going to be at West Coast, and there's no question about that. But if you're looking for a smoky as to who's going to be the, the recruit of the year, I reckon you keep your eye on Dougal Howard down at St Kilda. His, his spoiling's been fantastic in the past. He's going to be allowed to play in defense, and he might be the foot up the ass that Jake Carlisle needs to, to really play to his potential as well, seeing a threat from within this year. You kind of like his name, don't you? Look, I'm going to run it into the ground this year. Yeah. yeah. Doogie Hauser. Good work. What about Toby Old Green? Dougal, you like MD. him? I like Toby Green. Mm, so do I. He seems like he's horrifically behaved on the field. And then he goes and takes his mum to the Brownlow. And I'm soft on that. His dad got arrested at the grand final. Oh, no. He's a strange dad, in fairness. He hadn't seen him in a long time. And I think it was... And this is alleged, I'm not sure, there was maybe a headbutt of an officer of some sort. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, so, you know, Toby's got a bit to deal with. Yeah. But he's made the leadership group this year at GWS. They've obviously got a lot of faith in him. Maybe that's what he needs. Bit of responsibility. Yeah. I hope he keeps playing on the edge. Last year, I'm telling you, like, you don't know, but we actually lost patrons when I was talking about how much I like Toby Green. I know. I got a couple of messages off people telling me that they can't support a site or anything you know, to do with, with our site as long as we actually support Toby Green. So I'm okay with supporting Toby Green. Well, look, until he actually brings a gun on the ground and shoots someone, I'm pretty <laughs> much all right with what he does out there. <laughs> he probably won't do that, just so you know. I'm okay with... Supporting Toby Green and not supporting gambling. And I'm going to sit on that and just be just be good with that. Are you telling me Toby Green's a gambler? Is he? Look, I don't know. But I heard Bryce Gibbs is. I have no idea who that is. Oh, Gibbs? Like... Gibbs, like one of the Bee Gees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the youngest Bee Gees. <laughs> well, Toby Green's one of my favourites and will remain so. I mean, he is a game changer. He's He's basically like... A Sicily that plays a little bit better. Okay, but how old is he? Stop asking me these questions. Oh, I don't yeah, have I do it in front ask, of me. Don't you? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's just say is, let's say he's under twenty-five. No, I don't think he is. Okay. I think he's about twenty-six, twenty-seven. Well, then hopefully he'll mature a bit to realise that he's he's walking a very fine line, but it's much better not to fall over. Fall over the line, or just fall over in general? Both both you're older you'll hurt yourself yep falling over together. terrible i don't recommend it <laughs> so i want to highlight a guy named matt taberner who was leading the league last year in contested marks before he went down injured he kicks like a bloke with no legs though he's just bloody hopeless in front of goals he can't he couldn't hit the side of a barn with with another side of a barn if he threw it at the side of the barn <laughs> 
But when the ball's in the air, he clunks marks. He just jumps up there and his arms go up like two big testicles. <laughs> testicles, oh my God. That's a Jack Dyerism. You don't know that, do you? No. So Jack Dyer said that on live TV oh once. Oh my God. Yep. People think he didn't mean it. <laughs> but so, so Matt Tabiner takes these great marks. If he and Jesse Hogan can actually get fit and have a full season as centre-half forward and full forward, there's been a few people that have written Fremantle off. And really... Yeah, you did. Yep. Yep, you're just putting a line through them. Yep, not the... I yeah. think they can go either way. However, they need these two blokes on there, and Matt Tabiner in particular needs to play a full season because he's fantastic. All right. Adam Trelaw. It's very specific, but he is like... The ultimate combination of you and me. Devilishly handsome. <laughs> and not quite with it. Um, he likes The Sims. And he also collects basketball jerseys. Wow. Does he wear them? Or does he just keep them in the cupboard like I do? <laughs> I was going to say, a lot like you. <laughs> they just in storage. I have a great Wilt Chamberlain one. Yeah, you do. It's a bit long. And I'll never wear it. Because, that, I don't know, on a grown man, basketball jerseys just look really stupid. I have a Andrew Bogart one. You do? I bought you that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Golden State one. Mm. I'm pretty happy with that. So Adam Trelaw collects basketball jerseys. I thought you were going to say basketball cards for a minute. I got this off the internet. Well. Everything is true. Yep. I don't know why we bother researching properly. But he also likes The Sims. And a little bit of a theme here for me. He saw his mum playing and was like, what are you doing? Playing football. And then, oh. Or playing The Sims. Playing The Sims. And possibly playing football. How do I know? Look, the Trelaw household's a complicated it. one. <laughs> With this bloke, I think I wrote in the review, or the preview, sorry, of Collingwood for this year, that he's been tarred with the same brush he was probably four or five years ago in as much as he doesn't look where he's kicking. And I reckon he's gone a long way to improving that. He's no longer the guy that just runs 30 metres and throws the ball in his boot and kicks as long as possible. I've seen him plenty of times kind of hold up, look for an option, and hit targets. And I think if we look at his numbers, you'll see that his kicking percentage has increased over the last couple of years as well. So I don't think he wastes it, and I think that's a perception that people have just had historically, and it's stuck with him. I want to move on to Orazio Fantasia, and if you're an Essendon fan, you might want to block your ears here, because he's definitely not my favourite player. He had a few things he was renowned for in 2019, and none of them were positive. The first one was the pronunciation of his name. So was it Fantasia or Fantasia? Then he dyed his hair blonde. Then he got pinched by Ben Stratton. And had, <laughs> That's not had, his fault, is it? Didn't do anything about it. <laughs> Just let the bloke pinch him for the whole game. And then he tried to clean up Robbie Gray in one of the games and he missed. Robbie Gray, the bartender, your bloke that you like. Big fan. And when he missed, Robbie Gray went over and just bumped him over with... I've seriously bumped into door frames harder than Robbie Gray hit him. And Fantasia went down, or Fantasia went down like he'd been shot. And he finished the year speculating whether he'd join Port Adelaide or stay with Essendon. And the deal was so convoluted and ridiculous that Port Adelaide have already stated they no longer want to deal with him in the future. He decided to stay at Essendon, which I'm sure Essendon fans are happy about because he's a skillful player. But Port Adelaide would be burned by it. And they've just basically said, we don't want this bloke. So all this stuff aside, I mean, this is the top 10 of people we're looking forward to watching. So I want to see him do bad. Oh, my gosh. 
I've jumped right off. feature here. I've jumped right off the bandwagon. He's he strikes me as a bit of a prima donna. And having studied ballet, mm. what what does that indicate to you? He's got a blue mouth guard. It's a bit of a show pony. There you go. Mm. You're on the bandwagon. All right, the anti Fantasia bandwagon. Okay. And our daughter actually likes Fantasia. Yeah, she does. She likes that Sorcerer's Apprentice thing where they're trudging along with the brooms and the buckets of water. I'm going to turn her off. I don't don't like that movie anymore. (laughs) Sorry, baby. Yeah, it's gone. Out of the rotation. All right. Josh Kelly. Now, you go ahead, because I'd like to hear your thoughts on Josh Kelly first. Mm. He was the big-ticket recruit a couple of years ago. A lot of teams were licking their chops wanting to get a hold of him. I actually don't think he's the top man in the GWS midfield anymore. I think he's kind of slipped from there, and Stephen Cornelio is probably their number one man. And a couple of the kids are catching up to him as well. I really like Tim Taranto. I think he needs to lift this year. I think he needs to get amongst it a bit more. He needs to have a season akin to the one he had a few years ago when he was all Australian, because he hasn't looked like it since. Can't stay on the park. Alright. Go for it. Now, aside from yourself, who is the greatest man in the universe? Oh, no. (laughs) Come on. Are we going to go down the Nicolas Cage rabbit hole? Oh, it's Nicolas Cage. Of course it's Nicolas Cage. Josh Kelly, in a QA, and a said that Nick Cage would play him in a movie of his life, which means he either loves Nick Cage like I do, or models himself. On Nick Cage. Or he expects the movie of his life to go straight to DVD. Watch it. Watch it. Like, Toby Green, you're on the wrong side of that final line. He's not not playing that well. I didn't like his finals form. I didn't like his season at all last year. And I really don't like the fact that he likes Nick Cage. I'm a bit disappointed in this. Yeah, but now every time he's on, you're going to say, hey, there's that Nick Cage guy. And I'll get you to pay attention. It hmm? probably will, yeah. Another guy I like plays for Brisbane Lions, and he's getting on these days, but if I was going to walk into a fight with anyone in the AFL and you could pick someone to back you up, I'd pick this guy. His name's Mitch Robinson. And he's a, he's a bit of a kid at heart. He likes his video games. He's probably going to end up making a living playing video games once he finishes with the AFL. He's already got his Twitch stream. He's enrolled in the Australian Open for Fortnite. Awesome. Awesome, is it? Yeah, okay, good. Also, I actually don't know. <laughs> I was Googling all of these players beforehand, and he has the most adorable family. That's nice. They're well, too cute. What do you think about all the other players' families? Didn't seem to care. Don't care. Rubbish. Right. But Robinson, I think the, he had a couple of moments in 2019 where one of my favourites was when they were harassing Lockie Neal when they played against Port Adelaide. And Robinson found himself on the bench, and he was itching to get back on. And Lockie Neal kind of trudged to the bench, and he's the guy that was tagging him chased him all the way there and was bumping into him the whole way. And then they went their separate ways off the ground. And Mitch Robinson kind of tagged in, for lack of a better term. And when he did, he basically ran, pointed to the bench at the guy that was tagging. Lockie Neal was telling him, you know, bring that shit to me. You know, come try try me. Obviously the guy didn't, because that would be silly. <laughs> But um, that's the sort of bloke he is. He he actually wants confrontation. He likes physical contact, which is probably why he's got such a lovely family. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
And I threw, threw in one more because Mrs. Mungrel didn't want to have 11. Mm-mm. And she wanted to have two from the same team a couple of times. which is even no 10 players, so... Yeah, which is a bit annoying. And the other one I threw in was Stephen May from Melbourne. I reckon he owes the club. Showed up in poor shape last season to start the season. Uh, made some silly decisions. Got suspended in the preseason, I believe. For what? Ah, for elbowing some guy or whatever. Spent most of the season out. And I reckon this is a make-or-break season from him. Him and, him and Tom Lynch left... Gold Coast after 2018 you could say Tom Lynch had the dream season at Richmond and Stephen May had the nightmare season at Melbourne couldn't get on the park and when he did he wasn't all that effective so yeah I'd be interested to see how he follows up this year and whether he can drop that weight they're saying he's dropped about six kilos this season so lighter fitter well yeah all of us especially me could probably drop six kilos pretty pretty easily (laughs) actually so that'll do us for the second Mungrel Punt podcast. We hope it didn't uh, disappoint you too much. <laughs> uh, if not, we'll try a lot harder next time. If you've got any comments, please hit us up on our socials and let us know how we're going. Um, we do take your feedback on board and we appreciate everyone who listens. Thanks, guys. See you next week.